Hey everyone, this is Josh, co-founder of Urban Valor. Welcome to another episode of the Urban Valor podcast. Today's guest is Marine veteran Kevin Martinez. Kevin was born and raised in Patterson, New Jersey. He witnessed the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks firsthand. Kevin recalls the unity among the American people on 9-12, the day after the attacks. He served as a motor transport mechanic for six years in the Marine Corps. Upon being honorably discharged, Kevin, his wife, and their four-year-old son became homeless. Despite hitting rock bottom, Kevin's determination led him to becoming a successful barber, showcasing an inspiring journey from serving his country to overcoming adversity in the pursuit of a better life. If you enjoy this episode, go give us a five-star rating and leave a comment to help support our veterans. The bigger the community, the bigger the impact. If you'd like to contribute your story to Urban Valor or know anyone else who may, reach out on Instagram at Urban Valor TV, or you could email me at josh at urbanvalor.com. Enjoy the show. So um, my name is Kevin Martinez. I'm um, originally from Patterson, New Jersey. I joined the Marine Corps Reserves in uh, 2010, July 2010, and um, I got out April 2016. I got out as a sergeant of Marines. I was a mechanic, uh, 3521, motor team mechanic. So um, from Patterson, New Jersey, Patterson isn't um, a great city. It's really uh, rough, it's aggressive, there's a lot of um, crime, a lot of uh, drug dealing and drug addicts out there. Um, yeah, rough city, but um, my family is always super close. And um, fortunately, my, my grew up with both my parents, I know like a lot of young kids in that in a city like that, in an inner city like that, don't grow with both their parents. And they lead into like, you know, wrong directions sometimes. But um yeah, that was pretty much my, my upbringing right there. I grew up playing soccer, grew up playing travel soccer since I was six years old, me and my brother. And um we played um like two to four times a week, practice and playing on playing games on the weekends. And um, we were really good because my father would always take us to the park and make us train to uh, play 1v1 all, t- all the time together. Um, yeah, we're pretty good at soccer. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, how did you avoid the, the, the gang life and all that influence uh, uh, around you like that? Yeah. Um, the way to, that I got away from it, me and my brother, was just um, having my father in the house. He was uh, super strict. Um, very intimidating uh, man, especially when he grew up as a kid. Um, he would strike fear in us when he had to. And, um, but, you know, super grateful for him for being in our lives and being a great example and always working hard. And, um, that's what pretty much kept us out. And, um, yeah, we'd rather, um, not have to deal with him than like fucking, um, you know, get in trouble or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now you were living in, um, you were living in Jersey during 9-11. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Talk to me about what that experience was like. Uh, so 9-11, um, so, so Patterson, New Jersey is like 20 minutes away from the Lincoln Tunnel. So to get into like New York City, it's like 20, 25 minute drive to the Lincoln Tunnel or to like the George Washington Bridge. So we're right there. There's some parts of Patterson or Clifton or whatever where you can see the New York skyline. You know, that's how close we are. So I grew up, the school I went to was School 8 in Patterson. And um, 
So I was in sixth grade and it was like the first period. It was like we had music class. And um, so this time around, we um, instead of sitting in front of the auditorium, they had us in the back and we had two teachers, a music teacher and a secretary. They were in the front of the class. We had no class. And I remember them listening to the radio and they were just like, they were like super glued to the radio. And then um, didn't think much of it because we're just shooting the shit in the back of the auditorium. And then as the day went on, there was a rumor that the Twin Towers got hit by two planes and that supposedly like a lot of people died. But I was young and naive. I didn't think much of it. I just thought that maybe it was like an accident or something. And then throughout the day, um, kids started getting picked up early from school, like more and more and more. I got picked up around like two o'clock. By then, there was probably only like six other kids left in the class. My mother picked us up. And um, I remember my boy, he was like my neighbor. He, um, his mother didn't pick him up at all. And I'm like, damn, bro, your mother doesn't love you, bro. <laughs> but um, we got home. My father was already home. And he had the TV on. He was like, look, look what happened today. And I'm like, oh, shit. You know, you see the, the Twin Towers. You see the people falling off the buildings. You see the collapse and all that. And then that's when he explained to me that um that it was a terrorist attack and that they did this shit on purpose. And that's when it hit me like, oh shit, we got attacked, you know? And then all these people died. And then um, that day was just pretty much just watching the news all day. And the next morning, the next day, nobody went to school. Nobody went to work. It was a day off. And uh, my father, he took me and my brother to Jersey City. And Jersey City was a half hour drive. And Jersey City is the city right across from the World Trade Centers. You can see it like right there. So we found parking and uh, we went to these basketball courts at this park. And we went to the, the furthest edge of the park and we saw 9-11. Um, we saw that whole shit. And um, for those of you who don't know, fucking that smoke was there for like at least a week. This shit took some time to all that shit to clear up. So when I got there, when we, when we were there the morning of 9-12, dude, it was just the biggest cloud of smoke you could ever focus. You see the debris. And I remember like looking up, following the debris and just going up into space. Just so massive. Like this, this image was so like monumental and it was so mind blowing, like being there and being able to like witness that. And, um, <clears throat> I remember there was a dude standing next to me. He just finished playing basketball, but he was just like on the on the gate. He was like, I'll never forget this. He said, the Empire State Building is once again the tallest building in New York. I remember he said that shit like I, I can remember, it, you know, um, we probably stayed there. I don't know, maybe like an hour or something. And um, after that, we got back in the car and my father's like, hey, let's see if we can get into New York City. So, um, we got back in the car and we headed towards the Holland Tunnel. And, um, there's an intersection right there. And, um, so when we get to the Holland Tunnel, there's, it's just chaos, a lot of chaos, a lot of traffic, because the whole city was being evacuated. So, um, um, so we went in, there's cops, there's firefighters, 
yelling and screaming. And I remember this one cop, he like yelled at my father and uh, kind of like cursed him out. And I'm like, I remember when I was a kid, I'm like, dad, you're a dick. But like, you know, just being a kid, but like, as I look back on it now, um, that guy probably lost a whole ton of his friends just 24 hours before that. And I remember the, the look on his face. He looked so stressed out. Like he, he hasn't probably got no sleep, no nothing. He can't even like mourn on his friends that just died. And he has to work that shift. And, um, we left. We left that, um, we left Jersey City, went back home. And, um, you know, 9-11 was on a Tuesday. I'll say by like Wednesday or Thursday. Every single house, every single car, and every single neighborhood, and every single city had an American flag. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's pretty deep i guess um, yeah I, I you know i always hear that um everybody wishes they could go back to mm-hmm. september 12th yeah right uh, because of how everybody came together yeah um for each other um mm-hmm. but i have no idea what that felt like actually being in the heart of everything yeah. like, you were pretty much right there yeah. right so wow man how yeah. old were you at this time i was 10 wow. so i was i was old enough to remember like mm-hmm. all that you know man yeah and um, there's for sure, like, as you will drive around in certain neighborhoods, you'll see memorials on people's lawns of family members that they lost in World Trade Centers. You will meet, I had, I played soccer with kids whose father was, like, in the World Trade Centers, but he escaped. Um, it was a thing, Telemundo or Univision. Um, I played with that kid, or the cameraman that was filming all that shit. You can see it, like, he's there on site recording everything and then when he records he's like on street level recording up he records everything falling and you see him running into like a parking lot i played soccer with that with that freaking dude's son oh wow yeah so that was freaking so everybody knew somebody who knew somebody that was affected or that was there or some shit you know yeah, I'm, uh, I, I can't imagine how many memorials you've seen just yeah. driving around mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. Wow. Are some of those, uh, uh, when's the last time you've been to Jersey? I was there last March. Are yeah. those memorials still around? Um, not so much, not really. Yeah. 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 Wow. Man. It, it's kind of weird too, because like, like every, like you grow up, everybody experiences shit. But not really. It's only like really people who grew up in that area that experienced it. Cause I'll tell some, I'll tell somebody like that, um, oh, I saw that shit. They'd be like, for real? I'm like, yeah. Like me thinking like, oh, you weren't there? You know? Mm-hmm. Cause it was so normal at the time, you know, mm-hmm. that everybody saw this shit. Yeah. Or at least I thought. Everybody around the world definitely seen yeah. it on TV. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But in person, you know. It's a different story. It is a different story in person. Wow. Yeah. So um, what inspired you to join the military? So the, the Marine Corps, um, since I was a kid, actually, you know, when you watch like shows like Maury or whatever, and you see these badass kids on fucking Maury, and they get sent to boot camp. Yeah. I always, and you see these kids getting fucking slayed and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought like, no, I could do that shit. You know, I could do that shit. I want to go to boot camp. You know, that shit, shit looks like a challenge. It looks like fun. So I've always had like this little fascination of 
going to boot camp. Um, so like, uh, after I graduated high school, I did college for a year, dropped out, and then I worked for a year. And then by the end of that year, I kind of just felt lost. And then I think that's why I immediately fell on the idea of joining the military from, I think it was a little bit of a lot of it of maybe like 9 11. And then the fascination of going to boot camp kind of just like led me into that direction. Like, hey, fuck it. But, um, mm. yeah, that's, that was pretty, other than that, I had no idea what the military was. I don't know what active duty. I don't know Marines, difference between army and Marines and sailors and all that. I don't know what a guide on. I don't know what rank structure was. I don't know jack shit about the military. <laughs> I just wanted to, I really just wanted to go to fucking boot camp and experience this shit. And, um, yeah, I definitely went to boot camp, and that shit was fucking. How how did time. you uh, end up choosing the Marine Corps? Um, my boy Alex, he um, I was chilling with him. It was like summer 2010, and um, I was hanging out with him. He came to my crib or whatever. And he came with his boy, uh, Jensen, and Jensen was joining the Marine Corps, and he was actually shipping off in like less than a month. And since he was shipping off and we kind of clicked right away, it kind of encouraged me to like go with him, you know, because he's like super hyped. Yeah, I'm about to be a Marine and all that shit. I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, there's somebody who's trying to do something with his life. And let me follow that. Fucking let me follow that energy. I'm young and I'm going to do shit anyways. In Patterson, Patterson's a rough city. You know, mm -hmm. there's kids getting shot every single, every other weekend in Patterson, you know. Wow. Wow. So, um, yeah. What was your uh, recruiting experience like? Uh, recruiting? Dude, it was, bro. It was like that, bro. Fucking. I met this dude, like, on a Saturday. By, like, that following Monday, I talked to his recruiter. And then I told him, I want to join. And um, they told me um, they don't have anything. The only thing available right now is if you join the reserves, we can ship you off immediately. And that's all I wanted. I just wanted, like, yo, let me just get out of here, make the decision fast and just kind of not even think about it. And I probably, maybe I should have done my homework, you know, <laughs> go on Google or some shit, see <laughs> what I was getting myself into. Yeah. Um, talk to me about boot camp, man. What was boot camp like for you? Um, boot camp. Um, so I shipped off. It was uh, July 2010. And... Um, it was pretty wild because like boot camp, Marine Corps boot camp. We went to I went to Paris Island. Um, the whole experience is a it's a culture shock, you know. Fucking, you're super uncomfortable. But I remember um, oh, this fucking story. Um, one day after, it was with the the receiving drill instructor, right? I got fucking heat, open palm fisting me like in the face. Like during like we were receiving all our gear, and he was like, "Oh, do you have mag pouch or whatever?" And he kicked my shit, and I looked at him, and he just fucking went, "Bah!" And I'm like, "God damn you, fucking asshole!" You know, I didn't say it because he's probably gonna hit me again and shit. But um, I remember that shit happened, and um, later on that day, um, we were in the squad bay with that receiving drill instructor. And we're all lined up. So it was like almost like 80 of us, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened, but I remember this recruit started like laughing, right? Like giggling. Mm -hmm. And then the drone shot is like, laugh one more time. We're going to play fuck fuck games in the shower, right? 
And these motherfuckers start laughing even more. Uh. So, you know, fucking, we're still all in fucking, I don't even think we had camis yet. I think we were still in our civilian shit. And then um, this motherfucker made all of us, you know, strip down, ass naked, right? And then that's like, what the fuck, you know? One day in, you're already fucking doing this shit. And then he made a sprint to the rain room, to the shower room. And then he packed us up into a corner, nut to butt, right? Butt All, naked? Butt naked. Oh. Of course, you know, you're covering your junk and shit, but you're fucking nut to buck touching everybody. It was like, all right, good. Now squat down. All right, now stand up. Pack up, squat down, stand up. And then it was like the fucking... It was pretty fucking gay. <laughs> <laughs> and these... <laughs> <laughs> and then there's dudes still laughing. Yeah. These motherfuckers are still laughing. And um I'm not gonna lie, from these motherfuckers laughing, I started laughing too. It's <laughs> just contagious, huh? <laughs> and but then of course there was a bunch of fucking recruits there that were just like pissed, like fucking, I can't believe I'm doing this shit right now. <laughs> and then um long story short with that. That shit actually came uh, full circle 10 years later. Um, so I was in, during the pandemic, I was back home cutting hair. And one of the dudes I was in the buddy program would hit me up for a haircut. I haven't seen him in almost a decade. Mm. And I'm cutting his hair up in the backyard. My boy, um, Frost. And he told me like, hey, remember that incident in boot camp when we were fucking doing like nut to butt shit and all that? I was like, yeah, I remember that shit. He was like, you know that guy? got charged for that incident with sexual assault oh. and he got kicked out the Marine Corps. And I was like, no shit for real. And I was thinking like the one day in the Marine Corps, I got fucking sexually assaulted. I didn't even fucking know. And then, yeah. And I, I couldn't help but think like this guy assaulted like almost 80 recruits in like 10 minutes. <laughs> wow. I'm like this guy's like the Michael Jordan of sexual assault and shit. And you were just in receiving. You haven't even yeah. dropped to your fucking yeah. platoon yet. Yeah, and it's crazy how like you know, always talk about how big sexual assault is in the Marine Corps. Like I lasted one fucking day before <laughs> that shit happened. You know. Wow. But I just thought it was just about you know getting hazed and all that shit or whatever. Yeah. 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 What was it like getting when you finally did get dropped to your platoon? Um, oh, I fucking got hazed like a motherfucker that first day. Cause, um, yeah, this, uh, the jump shot is like anybody part of the buddy program. I didn't even know what the fuck the buddy program was, you know? So I didn't raise my hand. And then some jump shot that came in, he was like, you're part of the fucking buddy program, aren't you? I'm like, oh, is this guy your friend? I was like, yeah, and then he just fucking slayed the shit out of me for like an hour. Though I was like, though I was in tears. Though he made me my fucking sea bag, fucking main pack, assault pack, all this shit. Fucking, he made me go up and down the three flights of stairs for like an hour, dude. Oh. Yeah, but um, twelve days later, um, so I had a a previous injury with my shoulder, and I got a waiver for. Um, with a recruiter. I just skated my shoulder playing soccer when I was a kid, mm. like a couple times. And, um, so the 12th day, um, we're at the confidence course, right? And then I remember seeing the monkey bars over there. 
And then I'm like, oh my God, like, though, if I go on that shit, I'm for sure fucking my shit up again. And then we go through the whole confidence course. I'm like, bam, oh, we're not doing that, the monkey bars. And then, um, and then they were like, we got 10 minutes. Get on the monkey bars. I'm like, fuck, I already know what's about to happen. So I'm like, ah, fuck, let's go. Here go nothing. So I went up. I fuck it. As soon as I swung and I went to go swing again, bam, my shit popped out. And I'm hanging right there with my shoulder out fucking in pain, you know? And I had to like slowly like let down my shoulder and I jumped down. And then the drone shut there. I remember this motherfucker, dog, Sergeant Freed, a little dick. Um, he, um, he was like, he called me a weak bitch. He was like, you weak bitch. And then I told him I dislocated my shoulder. He was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll rip your shoulder off and beat you to death with it. And I'm like, fuck, dude, this, this is the fucking worst shit ever. And then I actually ended up getting dropped to MRP for six weeks. Mm. So I was there. So after that, I went to the ER. Um, Corman, a couple Corman tried putting my shoulder back in and, um, a doctor eventually put it back in. But yeah, I got dropped for six weeks. So, um, yeah, so after those six weeks at MRP, I went back into training with whatever recruits that were at the confidence course. And then, um, luckily I got to miss that shit. So yeah, I started with them. And then I just came in like just like super motivated because I just missed out on six weeks, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, like two days later, they promoted me to squad leader, and then I stayed squad leader the entire my entire time boot camp, and then I I graduated as a squad leader. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that was like at that point in my life, like that was like the lowest I've ever been. Like being an MRP, you clean all fucking day. That's all you do. You go to your medical appointments in the morning. Between chow or whatever, you're just cleaning all day, getting yelled at all day. Fucking for 24-7 for six weeks straight, I was there. Mm. So um, finally be able to like go back into training. I kind of felt like I took boot camp for like, I was ungrateful for being there. Because like, I'd much rather be, at least when you're training, you're you're moving forward and you're going to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Over there, you're just like in limbo. You're stuck, huh? Yeah, you're stuck. So when I got back, I just had like all this fucking energy. And then, um, yeah, I ended up graduating as squad leader. And that's the first time in my life where I felt like I had a goal in my life. And then I, I accomplished that goal. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And would you, what, where did you go out to boot camp? Boot camp? Um, I did the 10 days boot leave or whatever back in Jersey. Then went to MCT in uh, Camp Geiger, uh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. and it was December time frame, and it was fucking cold as shit. Like the lowest of the days, it'll get to single digits. Oh, and in boot camp, you're just—I mean, MCT—you're you're just in the field the whole time, pretty much. So mm-hmm. that was the coldest I've ever been in my life. And um, so the first day checking in, but like at nighttime, you know, we're we're standing in formation. And, um, and, um, we're to do like complete, like some paperwork or whatever. And we're freezing our asses off. And in MCT, they integrate on the East Coast, the men and the female. Mm-hmm. So I heard a female talking like further down. And, um, it was so weird just like listening to her talk. But like in my gut, I was, it was like the weirdest fucking feeling. I'm like, did I just fucking, this will kill my shoulder and do all this shit and blah, 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 just to be here right now because that's my wife. And then, sure enough, we've been married for 11 years now. Oh. 
Yeah. Wait, so the you heard your Yeah, wait. that the voice, the the female marine that heard talking in formation? Yeah. Yeah. Well she's we've been married for eleven years now. Oh shit. So yeah. you guys were in the same were you guys in the same platoon? Yeah, same platoon. Yeah. Oh no in shit. MCT. We're MCT sweethearts. We met in formation. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude. She was talking about like her hands are all cold and shit. So then when they like dismissed us to go inside to fill out some paperwork, I offer her my fucking the issue green Marine Corps gloves. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, you want to like just use these? And then that's pretty much how we started talking. Wow. Yeah, and we got two boys now, freaking a nine-year-old and a four-year-old. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Met your wife in the Marines. And, yeah. And she's a fucking Marine herself. Huh? Yep. Wow. Um, so after you go to MCT, did you have to go through any, like, uh, uh, MOS school? Yeah. So um, after MCT, um, I was a mechanic, and she was uh, administration. And then both the schools are in Camp Johnson. So we ended up going to the same camp for like MOS. So that's when we started dating and all that. Um, MOS is cool. Um, you know, just learning about how to fix trucks. I was a fucking terrible mechanic. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I remember one kid after we graduated, um, that Saturday, um, he died in a drunk driving, um, like car crash. Oh, right. Yeah. Like that weekend that we graduated. Mm. Yeah. After that, after MOS, I checked into my unit in Red Bank, New Jersey. It was called Six Motors at the time. I was only there for like five months because then by that time I, um, I saw my wife out in Camp Pendleton during those five months and I proposed in her barracks room. And then, um, <laughs> in the barracks room? <laughs> in the barracks room. Yeah. And then um, I ended up checking out that unit only after being there for like four or five drills and uh, moved to Camp Pendleton. And then I checked into 4th LAR H&S Company Motor T for Squad Mechanics. Mm. Yeah. Wow. And those guys were the fucking dopest dudes I ever met in my goddamn life. Yeah? Yeah. How so? Just, they were all, all my NCOs and staff NCOs were either... Iraq or Afghan vets or both. And um, when we checked in, the uh, the platoon sergeant was a dude named Sergeant Gillen. I'm not sure if he got out. He got out. I don't know for sure he picked up staff sergeant. I don't know if he went any further than that. But he, he was such a great leader, dude. Sick ass fool. And um, just the whole platoon fucking just rocked with him. You know, that was the dude. He fucking kept us fucking going, mm. you know. I remember one time, fucking, I was a boot ass fucking Lance Corporal. And he was like, he was actually riding bitch in a seven ton. I was on the, on the passenger seat. And, um, he was like, you guys want to smoke? We ain't supposed to smoke, but he gave us fucking cigarettes anyway. We were fucking smoking in the cabin shit on this fucking convoy. That was just the type of dude that he was. Mm. And then he, if he needed to chew your ass out, he'll fucking chew you out. But just know that, like, it was for a good reason, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, these guys are fucking awesome. They're all about the camaraderie and keeping the platoon like a brotherhood. Um, this one time, the NCOs, the staff NCOs, they all chipped in for a double-decker party bus. And we started in Las Flores. And we fucking, uh, we went to like Huntington Beach. But by the time we got there, though, we were so fucking shit-faced. So fucking drunk. We're fucking throwing up all over the fucking place. 
Good time. Um, we had a Marine. I think it might have been that same summer. But um, I guess at the time, like in the Marine Corps, I guess he would tell, he would say that he's like a turd or maybe like a shitbag. Mm-hmm. But when I look back on it now, he was just, a, he was a Marine, but he was a man. Like he, he stood his ground. Like if an NCO or a staff NCO told him some shit and he didn't agree, he'll stand his ground. He'll disagree with you and he'll tell you what's up, you know. And um, he, I know he got to like a little bit of trouble. He made a mistake or whatever. He fought, he fought or whatever. But um, the weekend that he found out that he was gonna, he got selected for corporal. Um, like the next day, he died. What? Yeah, he died. Um, <clears throat> he was in um. He was in Pasadena, downtown Pasadena, and um, um, him and his boys, they're also Marines. Um, some guys started a fight with them, and my boy Martinez, I was the other Martinez of the platoon at the time, so it was like two of us, and um, he, he stopped the fight. He didn't want to fight. He was trying to like calm it down, and like the hardest part about that was that um, his... His death was caught on a dash cam, on a car dash cam. So it was recorded. His death was recorded. And ultimately, it was posted on YouTube. Mm. So, like, it was hard to see your boy die on YouTube. You know, that's just, that was fucked up. And that kind of, that kind of killed the morale for a little bit at the with the platoon. How but, did he um, die? It was a fight? Yeah, so in the video, he, he looks like he's not even, like, paying attention. He's just minding his business, and some dude just, like, fucking hit him from the back, and then um he fell. He was on the curb, and then he fell headfirst on the concrete, and then he died from uh, a head injury. Mm. Yeah. And um the guy that, the guy he got charged for involuntary manslaughter, and I think he only got, like, seven years. That was back in... 2013, so that motherfucker's out right now. And he, he was he was a, a senior land, so he deployed with the with the Marines that just got back from the deployment before. Mm-hmm. And um he's super knowledgeable, chill dude, mm-hmm. awesome guy. Wow. Um, but yeah, rest in peace. Wow. What was his name? Um Joshua Martinez. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Uh sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um any other stories from military service? Um yeah, um, uh, this one time we were in uh, Fort Urban, and that's an army base out like in the fucking desert somewhere in California, and it's fucking hot as shit. It's not too far from like Twenty Nine Palms, and um, so we're out there for a couple weeks, and um, so I was a mechanic, and our little bay was like right across from where they fixed the LAVs. Those mechanics. Now, one time at night, we're um, about to go hygiene with, like, baby wipes and shit. And then we're walking, and then we hear one of the LAVs and the engines, like, loud as shit, right? It's fucking loud. And we're like, oh, shit, what's going on over there? And then out of nowhere, you see, like, a big old ball of smoke. Boom! Go up. And we're like, oh, fuck. Like, this something's fucking happening now. So, it turns out it was a runaway engine. So, usually if you can't turn that shit off, then the the whole thing will explode, pretty mm. much. And um, I'm over here thinking, like, oh, shit, I'm about to see, like, a whole training incident happen, like, right in front of my face. And it was definitely heading in that direction. And um, 
Um, so I guess in these LEVs, there's like little hatches where you can like take them off and you can have access to the engine. So I seen a couple Marines like going to these little hatches, like jumping in there and they're trying to pull shit, but shit is hot as fuck. They're getting burned from all the oil and all that. Bam, bam, bam. And then another cloud of smoke. Boom. Like even fucking bigger, you know? And, um, right there, fucking the staff sergeant pulled the Marine out. And he went in there, and I'm like, oh, shit, you know, this guy just fucking, you know, you know, doing some wild shit. And then um, he's trying to pull shit out, and then a, a chief warrant officer, he fucking came out of nowhere and fucking told everybody to, like, you know, either grab a corpsman or grab, like, a fire extinguisher or some shit. But um, I remember at that time that we were just, like, froze, like, watching this shit. And then, and always think back, like... All the training that you get in the Marine Corps, just to react. If even in boot camp, if a drill that tells you to run up that hill, you don't ask, you just fucking do it. You know? And I can always imagine like let's say being in combat and then you freeze, you need that one Marine with experience to fucking tell you what the fuck to do. And then that instinct kicks in. So then when he yelled at us, we fucking scatter like fucking cockroaches without even thinking grabbing whatever we could fucking get some guys are the corpsman and shit and then um ultimately that staff sergeant um i don't know how he fucking did it. he must have got burnt but he he turned off the engine by himself and then the shit that like tripped me out was that like as soon as he jumped out from the, the lav he grabbed all his marines all his mechs right there and um he just gave him a class on what to do when you have a running engine is about to fucking explode. Mm. And I was just like, that's f- fucking mind blown. This shit almost went down and you're so calm and cool and collective. You're about to give a whole hip pocket class about this shit. <laughs> right away, huh? Yeah. Wow. Fucking sick ass dude. That's wild, man. Um, did you experience any other types of training incidents? Um, no, that was pretty much it. Pretty much it. Um, yeah. But living on base, you always hear shit. I remember mm-hmm. one time four Marines died um, when a, a dud artillery blew up and killed off four of them. Mm-hmm. Or um, next door, fresh LER, I remember I heard uh, a water buffalo squish the fucking Marine because he tried catching it or some shit. Oh. Yeah. So you hear, always hear shit around. Yeah. Yeah. I've been out the Marine Corps for like six years already. Mm-hmm. But this happened this past July. As a barber... So I cut hair in San Clemente, right outside of um, Camp Pendleton. And um, so I had a client, um, this kid named uh, Fisher, um, Joseph Fisher. He's from, um, he was from uh, Montgomery, Alabama. I know he deployed at least once on a mew. And on that mew, he, um, he gained like 40 pounds, he told me. He became like an alcoholic. So... Of course, everybody calls him a shitbag or turd or whatever. But um, so I started cutting his hair. He came into the shop. I started cutting his hair, and um, and I cut him up like five or six times. And I knew from the second that he walked into the shop, just like looking at his face, just looking at him, I know he was probably going through some shit. Sometimes you know people just like wear it on their face. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think like for me, naturally, I felt like, oh, let me just talk to this Marine like he's just like a regular, like a human being, because there's probably a whole bunch of Marines that just treat him like shit. You know, his NCOs probably don't even know anything about him. 
you know. So, so I started cutting his hair, and um, and we'll just shoot the shit. We'll laugh. We'll fucking share stories, and um, oh, he so he was a young black kid. He had wavy hair. He would get a low skin fade, and um, and um, so the last time I cut him up was July first of this year, and then um, I heard. After that, I heard about a kid who committed suicide on base, and then two weeks later, I found out that it was him. He um he shot himself in the head, like outside of the chow hall, in um sixty two area. Oh man. Yeah, and um that was that that hurt a lot because like I never when I served, I never knew anybody who you know committed suicide. Mm-hmm. None of my buddies, and as a barber, I never had a client who passed away. And then the first person who passes away is a Marine and he's my client, mm. you know? So it was like, like, it was hard to understand that, you know? Yeah. Knowing that this guy was sitting in your chair. He's sitting in my chair. He killed himself one week after I cut his hair. And like that haircut was like the best haircut that I'd given him up to that, up to that date, you know? Mm. And, um, yeah, it was just, that 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 kind of like just fucked with me, and um, it was a great kid, yeah. great kid. Wow, last corporal. He was supposed to get out, um, so he died. It was like July six or seven on a Friday or whatever. He was supposed to get out two weeks after that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, <clears throat> well, now that we're in tra- into transition, uh, let's just stick to it, man. What, yeah. what was transitioning out like for you? For me, um, well, for us, my, my wife and I, even, I was in the reserve and she did four years active duty. Um, one thing that I would say is that the Marine Corps gives you like a lot of purpose while you're in and trains you to be a warrior. And then when you get out the Marine Corps, you kind of lose that purpose. You almost feel lost and like... I never deployed, never seen any combat or anything. Like so for me, one of my things was I'm a sergeant, I got two ribbons. You know, so you get out the Marine Corps, just like fuck, I feel like a failure, you know, you feel like ashamed. And um and my wife, um my wife, she she wanted to do like twenty years in the Marine Corps. And then um she got screwed over or whatnot. And then so when she got out, you know, she had she didn't have that purpose either because she thought she was going to be like a lifer, you know, super motivated. She fucking loves her job. She loves doing administration. And um, so during that time, we we're definitely going through like a mental health phase where we just didn't know like what we wanted to do and we couldn't relate to anybody. And then getting out and being angry and sad and all this shit and we're arguing. And then I was um, a brand new barber at the time. So brand new barbers, you're still learning how to cut hair. You're fucking broke. So you throw finances into that. We ended up splitting up for a couple months. And then, um, when we finally got back together, cause we realized like we fucking need each other. Um, we lost everything. We were homeless. We were really? homeless with a four year old boy. Oh yeah. Wow. And, um, How'd you lose everything? Just, it was just a, a nasty, it was just a nasty breakup, you know? Mm. Yeah, just, there's a whole can of worms there, but. 
Yeah. It was just, just generalized. It was just bad. How did you navigate being homeless together like that with your four-year-old Dude, that shit was so tough. Um, dude, fucking... Dude, that shit was so fucking stressful, dude. So, we had no place to stay, right? So, every night, we slept at a different hotel, right? For like two or three weeks. My son... He was four at the time. We told him that <clears throat> that we were on vacation. So after those two, three weeks, we had a friend. He let us stay at his place for a month. And we saved up as much as we could. We sold everything we had. And we headed to Jersey. That's where I'm from, Jersey. <clears throat> My family's like, yeah, fucking come back. We'll take you in. Don't trip. So, um, yeah, we fucking drove to fucking Jersey in my fucking 2008 Saturn Aura. And that shit was fucking like a weight off our shoulders. Mm. We got away from everything. A fresh start. You know, what a good pops, man! You got your dad. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, man, to mm -hmm. be able to. You know, you you talked about how awesome your dad was in the beginning of this story, and yep. and uh, it's coming back around now. You yeah, know? uh huh. That's awesome. Yeah, and um, yeah, we stayed there for we're there for three and a half years, and um, <clears throat> it was it was great, dude. Having a fresh start like that. We were able to like mentally heal from that transition. Um, it took some time, you know, but it, you discover a lot about yourself during that process. Um, yeah, mentally heal. It gave us opportunity to build up our finances and our credit and all this shit. And then, um, <clears throat> I started cutting hair out there and, um, uh, my wife was going to school. And then eventually her BAH ran out. And then she's like, fuck, I need to get a job. So she put in a resume. It was like May 2019. And um, she forgot to update her, the address. So then we had companies from like Irvine, Orange County, San Diego hitting up for like job interviews. And we're like, oh shit, like that's fucking crazy. You know, and then we kind of looked at each other and we're like, Cause like at this time, like we'd live with like this cloud over our head that like, though we just fucked everything up. You know, we're living in regret. And this was like the little piece of hope. We're like, you know, if we actually, we could pull this shit off if we wanted to. We can actually move back better than ever if we take care of our shit starting today. So from like summer 2019 up until Summer 2021, we just fucking saved everything, saved every fucking penny, all the stimulus from the pandemic, all that shit, saved everything, worked on our credit, everything. And then, um, June, June 2021, she got a job offer for, uh, the Naval Hospital in San Diego. Nice. At Wounded Warrior Battalion. Wow. And then we were like, we're doing it, except the job. <laughs> and it was fucking scary. We we're like, oh shit, we're going back. To the lion's den. Holy shit. It was like a mental thing. Like, we're about to conquer this shit. We fucked up before, but we're going to go back. And um, I think that's... 
I think that right there kind of shows like what Marines are fucking made of. Like never fucking giving up, fucking stubborn, you know, fucking never quit. And then we're like, let's fucking do this. And then we ended up driving back to California. Sick ass road trip. And now, now, now I'm cutting hair at a ambitious edge. Been there right here, ambitious edge since August 2021. Wow, man. Yeah. So right now, fucking like how my father fucking took us in. It gave me three and a half feet. Like when I look back on it, like I follow his example, you know, fucking just, you just got to go out there and work and, you know, grind, you know, mm-hmm. mix, mix that shit in with being a fucking Marine and that whole mindset. And then her as well. And we're just fucking out here to like conquer the world, whatever, whatever the world throws at us, we're going to adapt and overcome, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to suck for a little bit. But we got this. We, we've been through so much worse shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, it's been paying off. Fucking, we're that during that time when fucking I was just couch surfing and homeless and shit. Um, this one time my son, he was hungry. He only had five dollars in my pocket. Cause, um, during that time, um, I had something in collections and the shares, OC shares came into my bank account, wiped me out. So I had five dollars in my pocket. My son wanted he was hungry, so I got him a happy meal. And I, I didn't eat all day, you know. And I remember thinking, like, yo, like I, I, you feel like a failure as a father for putting your son in that position. Mm. And um, yeah, that shit, you know, I remember thinking like this shit's never gonna happen. And then fast forward the shit till today, you know, I'm looking at like the what I'm charging at the barbershop and the amount of people I'm bringing in. Like this year I'm projected to possibly break a hundred K and I started the only had a <laughs> Yeah, only had five dollars in my pocket. And then my son, he, uh, you know what sport we got him in? What? Fucking Some... MMA. Oh, yeah? Fuck yeah. <laughs> how, old is, yeah. how old is he he's now? nine. Wow. Fuck yeah. So he's going to be fucking conquering the world and shit. That's at least have the mentality too, you know? Does he know now that you guys were homeless at no, that time? he doesn't know. Still doesn't know no. that? Wow. And if you ask him, what's your favorite part about um, going on vacation? You know what he'll tell you? Sleeping at the hotels. You know what? I was, I was, that's exactly what I was thinking because I got three kids. Yeah. And I know that going on vacation, you know, some of the best times that the kids have is being in a hotel. Uh huh. Right? Yeah. And so I was thinking, you know, your son's four. That, that's, that's a probably a good lie to tell. You're yeah. on vacation. Uh-huh. Uh, or maybe it's not a lie. You guys are on a little vacation. Yeah. It's a shitty ass vacation yeah. where you guys need to pull your shit together. Yeah. Right? Um, for him, it's probably the, yeah, like you said, the, some of the best times of his life. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. Um, and do you have any more kids? Yeah, I got a four-year-old. He was born in Jersey. Oh he was yeah. Born in 2018 in Jersey. He got a whole Jersey attitude. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> wow, man, that's amazing. Um, so you're doing good now. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you went from broke to uh, you're making really good money now, man. Yeah. As a barber, and yeah, is yeah. your is your wife still working at the Wounded Warriors? Yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. awesome, man. 
Yeah. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, speaking about, like, Wound the Warrior and all that. Um, so when I started cutting hair at Ambitious Edge in August 2021, fucking that's when Biden um, ordered for all the troops to get withdrawn from Afghanistan, mm-hmm. pull out of Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And then when, you know, as all this shit is developing, 2-1 is over there. 2-1 is right here, like, next to the fucking base. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys live, like, in barracks right next to where 2-1 was. I'm like, holy shit, this is local. This is, like, local news, but international news at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then, so, when all that happened on August 26, 2021, um, freaking, um, you know, the 13 service members died. Nine of them were from Camp Pendleton. Uh, and then including the corpsman as well. And then um, the Marines that got injured, you know they where they checked into? Mm. Fucking Wounded Warrior, mm. where my wife was working at. So she got yeah. to meet all these guys. Wow. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And then um, I'm like, you know, I just want to help somehow. Like, I'm a, I feel like I'm a great barber. I feel like I'm really skilled. I've been cutting hair like full time for the past like seven years. I, I have my hours, you know, I put in the work mm-hmm. and I'm a Marine and I can relate to some of these guys mm-hmm. just from being a veteran. Maybe I can like, you know, hey, you want to just like come in and get a haircut, at least it look fresh. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I know for a fact, like when you get a clean haircut, you fucking leave the barbershop, you look fucking, you look good and you feel good. Yeah. You know, it's the little things that matter. Yeah. When they got back, um, I reached out to a Marine who was out there and um i'm like hey don't even trip like i just threw it out there i'm like you know i'm a veteran i cut her second um dude if you want dude i'll cut your hair for free like don't even trip you know just mm-hmm. come to the shop i won't charge you at all and i haven't charged them to this day wow he tips me but um i don't i don't fucking charge him it was just i just kept my word there nice you know and um and then I cut him up, couple couple other dudes up who are over there. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, these dudes tell me the wildest stories. Like what you're doing here, these guys just like off the street. I'll talk to them. Were you there? Oh, you were there? Oh, shit. And tell me the wildest shit. Um, one dude, um, I don't, I'm not going to say his name. But um, this dude, oh, my God. I cut him up the, the other day, actually. So, like, when he was at Abbey Gate and the bomb blew up, you know, he took shrapnel all over and he took a, a ball bearing and went, like, through his neck or shattered his jaw, came out this way. And um, there was a female Marine that was, she's, unfortunately, she's uh, paralyzed now. But um, they started getting shot at, from what I've been told. They were getting shot at. And then while he's super fucking injured and bleeding out he ran over there picked her up and fucking saved their life you know and then um he um from what i've been told by my other client who was on the bird with him getting evacuated that um he died and he was on the bird and a special forces uh medic from like the army made an incision like across his chest, reached into his chest cavity and started massaging his heart. Just like a Hail Mary, hopefully this keeps him alive. He's in there pumping his heart to keep the blood going. And this motherfucker survived. Wow. And he's in my fucking chair. 
Holy shit. And I'm just like, oh my God. The guy that survived is in your chair? Yeah. Wow. Great fucking guy. And that, that shit is like mind blowing because like it was, it was 13 service members that passed away and rest in peace to all of them. Mm-hmm. Dude, like at one point, just thinking about it, it was 14 at one point, you mm-hmm. know, until the heat came back to mm-hmm. life, you know? Yeah. I wonder how many other stories like that there are too yeah. that we don't know about. You exactly. Know? Like wow. incredible stories. And he got a, a Bronx Star of Valor. Wow. It's amazing, man. Yeah. Well, it's awesome that you're giving them free haircuts, man. Yeah. That's fucking out of the goodness of your heart. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 amazing. Well, Kevin, we've uh, we've reached towards the end, man. We're gonna get ready to wrap it up. Right on. Any last words before we cut the tape? Um. Yeah. If you're if you're a marine or a veteran or whatnot, active duty or reservist, and you're dealing with some shit, uh, the best thing you can do is just talk about it. You know, the more you talk about it, the better it gets. Um, I know it's not the, I know some cases are more severe than others, but the, the least you could do is, um, talk about it. And, um, if you need a haircut, hit me up on Instagram. I go by the barracks barber, um, the underscore barracks barber. And, um, yeah, Semper Fi. Semper Fi, Kevin. Thanks for being here, brother. Wow. Yeah. Got bad thoughts that make my mind scared Hold me hostage and they don't fight fair Who gon' pray for me and wipe on my tears? Who gon' save me if you not right here? Move this darkness and make my sight clear Take me your way cause I don't like here Ghost of my past, they feeling the night air Wake me up, I'm trapped in my nightmares